This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. We sent over 10 large containers with all the beds and the lighting and the furniture. Very nice, very nice Ethiopian-style building called a tiku which has three peaks on it, and it's made, you never see anything like this, made 100% from bamboo stocks woven together like a basket. <laughs> Not one piece of concrete in there, it's just amazing. And inside, for the managers, there's a conference room, and then there's a coffee roasting ceremony room. And the coffee is very big in Ethiopia. I don't know if you knew this, but coffee was discovered in Ethiopia in a place called Kaffa. We have lush gardens outside with water fountains, birds everywhere. It's just beautiful. And the entrance is with two 12-foot tall metal gates on the paved road. It's a large operation that requires a lot of maintenance, a lot of upkeep for operation. It's really the nicest facility uh, down there in our 95% Muslim-controlled area of 3 million people. Well, we used to go there about once every three months, sometimes once every two months, spend a, a week there, U.S. people from Scannabodies. But three years ago, Ethiopia fell into a state of violent tribal warfare, where the Catholic Church and the convent and the school, 16 miles away, was burned to the ground, leaving the nuns with nothing but the clothes on their back. And the U.S. State Department told U.S. citizens to leave the country if they were not in the capital and we were forced to leave our compound and not return. Just like this man, we had a list of what our staff was to do in our absence. We'd reduced our staff down from about 250 to 45 just to maintain in our specific instructions to our management staff, our three-person management staff, Fisika, who was in charge, Bakela, and Abraham. We told them exactly what the staff was to do while we were gone, what they were to do. And we told them that we'd be coming back and that we didn't know when, but that what we expected them to do in our absence. That was three years ago. There's still genocide violence going on in Ethiopia. You don't hear about it because they shut off the phones, the internet, and no news people are allowed to go into cities where they just machine gun people, tribal warfare. And we know that we're going to return, but we do not know when we're going to return. And our staff has been told that, that we will return. It may be in a year. It may be in 10 years. It may be in 20 years. We don't know. We just don't know. But we promised them that we're going to return one day, and we're going to do a careful inspection 
of what was done while we were away. In the meantime, we are able to transfer money to them during our absence so that they can continue in their operations. We have not shut it down. We have not shut it down. And it's been already, as I mentioned, three years. That's the scene that we see here in this parable. This man in verse 14 is telling his staff he's leaving for a long time and he is not telling them when he's gonna return. He just says he's gonna return. In the meantime, he's given careful instructions to them because he's saying, when I come back, there's gonna be a careful inspection of what you've done when I was away. And he does not leave it up to his servants to do whatever they think they should do in his absence. He gives them specific instructions of what they are to do when he's gone, and he's gonna hold each person accountable for that task. That's the point. Jesus Christ is making this point that Jesus Christ has left. He's gone on a long trip. He has not told us when he's gonna return. He's promised that he will return and it's gonna be in a time when we do not think he's going to return. It's gonna be a surprise to us, but he's told us uh, he's going to give a careful inspection when he comes back. We don't know when we're gonna return to Ethiopia. We didn't tell, we cannot tell when, but we did not tell our staff, we don't know when we'll return to Ethiopia or if we'll return to Ethiopia. We didn't do that. We did not tell our staff, we don't know when or even if. We told we are gonna return. Before we left, our Scandibodies US staff, it was in Ethiopia. As I mentioned, we were there every three months for a week. But now let's consider different scenarios of what our staff in Ethiopia might think and might do. The first scenario to consider is the one that we totally expect is where our staff says, it's been three years since Scantabody's US staff has been forced out of the country when they left. They gave us clear instructions of what to do. They will come back, might be in a week, might be longer, but we know that when they come back, we're gonna be able to show them how we were faithful and we did a good job. And they would say, I'm living my life as if they're gonna return tomorrow. I'm preparing my work so that I can gladly come to them with, behold, look at this, what I've done in your absence. That's what we want. That's the case we expect. That's gonna be a happy time when we come back. That's like a believer in Christ who says to himself, it's been a long time since Jesus Christ has left this earth, but I have my clear instructions from the Holy Spirit through the Bible of what I am to do with my life, and he expects me every day to do this, and I know he's coming back, and although I don't know when he's gonna return, I'm dedicating my life. I'm using my life every day to serve him, and I'm making a list of what I'm doing and what I have done so that he, when he comes back, I can gladly say to them, let me show you Jesus. And I'm doing that as if he's coming back next week. Now, what will it be like when we return to Ethiopia and we find those faithful staff like that? It'll be very good, very good. This first scenario is for the faithful Scantabodies Ethiopian employee. And the question is, is that me? Is that you? Are we living our lives like with that expectation that Jesus Christ is gonna come back next week and I'm gonna make sure I'm ready to give a good account of what I've done during his absence? Now let's look at another scenario. What if our employees at Scandibai's Ethiopia Compound took this position? 
Well, it's been three long years since Scannabody's U.S. staff has been sourced out in Ethiopia, and when they left, I think I remember maybe giving us some instructions of what we were to do, but to tell you the truth, I really can't remember if they really did tell me anything that I was supposed to do. I really don't want to ask. I don't want to search if there's anything specifically I'm supposed to do because I'm having a great time over here. It's a great time when they're gone. I moved into those U.S. Uh, Western guest accommodations and I'm spending my days sunbathing in the gardens here next to the water fountains. Oh, I've been feasting on those 1,400 fruit trees while the rest of the country has been starving outside the gates. That doesn't concern me. Scannabodies does send money every week and I've decided that they're sending that money so that I can enjoy my life. That's what they're sending, make myself happy. I've been listening to Joel Olstein, as a matter of fact. He's been telling me that the only goal in my life is really to make myself happy, and that's just what I'm doing. I'm wearing a little pin. Says Joel Osteen is right. What if our staff was doing that in Ethiopia, and that their schedule was simply to sleep in the Western-style hotel rooms till about 10 a.m., and then have breakfast, and then put their toes in the fountains, and then take a little nap out in the garden until lunchtime, and after lunch, go back to the hotel room, take another nap till dinner, and after dinner, sit under the trees and listen to the birds while munching on the fruit. That was their night. What if that was their attitude and those were their activities over there? What was it going to be like when we return to Ethiopia and find that employee? Not good. That second scenario is the self-pleasing Scantabody's employee. And the application for believers is where a person says, well, I was saved and I am saved. And I'm eternally secure with that because of that, but I'm going to follow Joel Olstein formula for my life. My life goal is just to make myself happy. That's it's important. And if I can afford it, then I'm going to retire as soon as I can so I can spend my days lounging. That's it. I want to become a professional lounger for the rest of my life. Maybe uh, golf. I love golf. All I want to do is golf. I want to watch golf tournaments on the TV. I want to practice golf. I want to play golf because I love golf, and that's what makes me happy in life, golf. And as far as caring about any instructions that Jesus Christ left for me in his absence, I don't care. I don't care. Really, I don't care. I don't care to know what they are. I'm certainly not reading my Bible looking for the will of God for my life for instructions for what I'm to do with my time and money and resources while Jesus Christ is gone. No, I got more important things to do, more important things to do like golf. And Joel Osteen is my prophet. Let's consider another scenario in Ethiopia. What if one of our employees in Ethiopia said, I know I'm what I'm supposed to do. I know I'm supposed to go to the Scannabody's facility every day. But the U.S. staff has, has been gone for three years. I know what they've instructed me, but in three years, they've not been here. They're gone. And they really can't check on me to see if I'm there or not, whether I go to work. And, and the thing, problem is I have a lot of other things to do right here at home. I've got to fix my water pump at home. I've got to fix my roof at home. I've got to fix my motorcycle. I just have too many things to worry about what I've been, as far as what I've been instructed to do at Scannabodies. They won't know. They won't know if I don't show up at work. They're on the other side of the world. They won't see. It's only for this day. And then they keep transferring my salary money into my bank account. That's okay. And if I don't come to work, nobody knows. I'll go to work tomorrow at Scannabodies, or maybe the next day, but just not today. And when we turn to Ethiopia, what's it going to be for that person? Not good. 
And the application to us is, what if a person says, work for Jesus Christ? I got too much secular work to do. I have too much to do with my family. I have too much to do to fix my house. I have too much to do with golf. I got too much to do to be concerned about any instructions that Jesus Christ might have left for me on life. I'll think about serving Jesus Christ tomorrow or maybe the day after tomorrow, just not today. I'm too busy. When Jesus Christ returns, what's it gonna be like for that person? Not good. That third scenario is the too busy Scanabodies employee. Those three possibilities for the Scanabodies employees in Ethiopia boil down to the faithful Ethiopian Scanabodies employee, the self-pleasing Ethiopia Scanabodies employee, the too busy Ethiopian Scanabodies employee, and that all translates down to the illustrations of the faithful servant of Jesus Christ, the self-pleasing servant of Jesus Christ, the too busy servant of Jesus Christ. But each servant of Jesus Christ will give an account for their life. The faithful servant of Jesus Christ, the self-pleasing servant of Jesus Christ, and the too busy servant of Jesus Christ, all gonna give an account. Why? Because of Romans 14.10, Romans 14.10 we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.10, 2 Corinthians 5.10, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to he had done, whether it be good or bad. Because of Romans 14.2, Romans 14.2, so then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Now let's consider the different scenarios for when we actually, when Scanabody's US staff actually does return to Ethiopia and those three Scanabody's Ethiopian potential employees. For the faithful Ethiopian Scanabody's employee, when we return, the faithful employee, he'll be so excited. He'll come running, he or she'll come running up to us and say things like, I just knew that you were coming back. I'm so happy to see you. I've been looking forward to when you come back. I've been expecting you. Look, I got a list. I can't wait to show you what I've accomplished while you were gone and how I followed your instructions. Here it is. Oh, that's gonna be a great time. That's what we expect. It's gonna be a happy time. We're gonna say, you know, you didn't have to do this, but you could have taken advantage of us because when we weren't here to check up on you every day, but you lived your life as if we were here. You are a wonderful, faithful employee. We're gonna reward you as the faithful Ethiopian Scandalized employee, and there's gonna be a wonderful feast and a party honoring your faithfulness. And that's exactly what we're expecting for Fasika, Bakela, and Abraham. And we're already thinking about it. We're already planning it. We're gonna decorate our 400-seat auditorium. We're gonna call the shepherd. The shepherd's gonna come with the goats and the sheep and he's gonna, right outside the gate, which is what he does, he's gonna kill the goats and the sheep and we're gonna have music and we're gonna have dancing and we're gonna have a big feast to honor our faithful Ethiopian employees. That's what's gonna happen. But what is it gonna be like? What would it be like, I should say? What would it be like if there was the self-pleasing Ethiopian employee, and we came and there was just trash all around and everything had fallen apart, and we asked where he was, and they said, he's sleeping. He's sleeping in the guest houses. We came, we get him up, he's rubbing the sleep from his eyes. He says, I can't believe you really come back. I thought you'd never return, but you're back. 
Well, since you left for such a long time, we just thought you weren't really serious about really wanting us to follow your instructions. Look, you still own your own land. Here's your land back. That'd be the end of the relationship. We'd replace them. Because what will the self-pleasing of Jesus Christ say when Christ returns and he stands before Christ to give an account of what he's done when we were gone? We can hear the words, what? You really did come back, Lord? I thought your return was just something that I heard Johnny Cash or Alan Jackson sing about. I never thought you'd really come back, and as far as, as living my life as your servant, I never thought you were serious about it. I just thought you really wanted me to be happy in life, and you decide, I decided that, that I'd make myself happy, and is that not right? What if there was the too busy Ethiopian employee, and we returned back, and people said, oh, him? Uh, we haven't seen him for such a long time that we can't even remember. I mean, he still collects the money. Yeah, that's true. But he says, he saw that Biden was elected for your president and the president Biden likes to give money away. So he figured you just wanted to give the money away. I mean, uh, we know he's working really hard. We see him sometimes in town buying stuff for his house, but he hasn't come to Scandibodies for a long time. And suppose that they went then now to go get him from his home so he could talk with him and and he comes looking all worn out, beat from work. And he says, I'm really sorry. I just had so much to do in my house. I just really didn't have any time to come to work here at Scantibodies to work. I mean, you weren't here. I mean, I planned on getting everything all fixed up at home and, and then I would come to work, but I just never really got there. Really, I didn't think it was that important in your mind. You know, you have such a grand scheme of everything. I mean, who am I? I'm just an insignificant person in your operation. I figured you would just forget about me. What's it going to be like? What would it be like if that was true for the too busy servant of Jesus Christ? When Christ returns, we can imagine words like, I'm so surprised to see you. I never expected to be standing here in front of you. Well, well, you see, I've been really busy, really busy. It seems as though every day I got this list of what I got to do, and it just gets, keeps getting longer every day. I mean, I tried to make progress. I tried to get everything done. But you see, I never really got all of my family well provided for. And I never really got everything fixed that I needed to repair. I never really got done at my secular job or everything I had to get done. I guess I just ran out of time in my life. I didn't want it to be this way. I really wanted to get around to serving you faithfully, but it was just that all this other mundane stuff just got in the way, so I figured that, well, I figured you really weren't gonna ask me for an account of my life. I figured that you would ask others. You would ask those pastors, those missionaries, those Christian workers, but not me. Oh, sad day, sad day. So the man in this parable, he gives talents to each one of his servants. One, he gives five, and another two, another one. Because the man assesses the capabilities of each one of his servants, and he gives them the number of talents accordingly. Could be that each talent, it's been estimated that each talent's worth about $125,000. So one person, he says, here's $125,000. Go make some more money, one talent. Another one, he says, okay, here's $250,000 to the two talents. Go make money. Another one, here's five talents. Here's $625,000. Go make some more. And the point is that the man gave something to every servant. There's not a servant that he left out. He didn't call a servant and says, nothing for you. That means that each one of us has been given some ability, some money, some resources from God, and we're to use that to serve Jesus Christ. 
And there's no mention at all about what the servant said. Well, you know, I also got a little bit of change in my pocket here too. Everything came from the man. And that's true of us. Everything we have comes from Jesus Christ. Ephesians 4, 7, Ephesians 4, 7. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. And with all that Jesus Christ has given to us, it's so variable. He didn't give the same to people. It was a different amount to every person. We all differ from each other. And why is that true? 1 Corinthians 4, 7, 1 Corinthians 4, 7. Who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou dost not receive? Now, if thou dost receive it, why dost thou glory as though thou hast not received it? We all have different abilities. We all look different. I'm looking at you all right now. Let me tell you, you all look different. I don't see two of you look the same. We all look different. We all look different. Yesterday, when I came from Mexico to, uh, to Phoenix and had to go through U.S. Customs at Phoenix Airport, the agent did not need my passport. I've done this before. The agent does not need my passport at Phoenix Airport. He simply says, uh, take your mask off, take your glasses off, and look into this computer camera. And when I do that, he says, welcome back, Thomas. Why? Because two people do not look the same. Of the millions of millions of people, and it's all there. Why? 1 Corinthians 4, 7. Who maketh thee to differ from another? God loves variety. God doesn't like Xerox copy machines. He likes variety. Everyone is a one-of-a-kind masterpiece. And by the way, we should realize that if we criticize how another person looks, we are criticizing Jesus Christ because he is the one, 1 Corinthians 4, 7, who maketh thee to differ from another. Everything we have comes from Christ, and that's the answer to the problem of old age and failing health. Because when this part of our body and this part of our health fails, that part of my body and my health that failed was a gift from Christ. It was a gift from Christ. And whatever part of my body and health still remains is also a gift from Christ. So I thank him for that part of the body that remains, and I serve Christ with that part of my health and body. That was a gift, that is a gift, that still remains. Because reality is, Everybody who came to this, all these servants came, apart from man, they had nothing. They were poor. They were poor. And it's still, I remember years ago when I couldn't even rub two dimes together. And Don Ailes knows, he picked me up from our little one-room apartment on Drescher Street in Linda Vista, where gunshots was a normal occurrence at night. We were poor. And he brought us here, and I sat back there, and, and I said, God, you have for oil for my life. You want me to bring Jewish people back to their God. If you give me money, I'll do that. And so it was announced from up here in the podium that Tom's going to start a laboratory business. It was a joke. And as $130, which I didn't even really have, and an old widow lady in the back of that room right there, she came up to me after that announcement and said, here's $100. $130 came from her. And God's done that, and he's given me money, and I'm trying. 
I'm trying to bring the children of Israel back to the Lord their God because we're all poor and everything we have is a gift, is a gift from Jesus Christ for one purpose, not so that we can be the self-pleasing servant of Christ, not so that we can be the I'm too busy servant of Christ, but so that we can be the faithful servant of Christ and therefore we can hear him say when he returns, you did a great job. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this parable. And Lord, we pray that that the underlying points of this parable will stick with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Tom Cantor's messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. For other free resources, email us at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. Join our live services on YouTube by searching Friendship with God with Tom Cantor every Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.